weekend racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael Newmagic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak, The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week, The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Welcome back to the Magic Mike Show. It's Captain Magic aboard and Aaron Halteman, my first mate today. Aaron, uh... Welcome back to the Magic Marshall. You've actually been on this more than I have recently. Uh, you took over when I was off last Thursday. Now Mike is traveling today, so you're filling in for him again. So welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, good to be back on uh, the mothership of uh, the, the Racing <laughs> News website, Magic Mike Show. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited to talk about the weekend. Uh, boy, Saturday was just Gosh, I, I had the, the right horses, wrong bets, but Sunday was fantastic. So I'm in a good mood, Magic. So uh, I'm happy to talk about uh, all the dumb things I did Saturday and all the things that were right on Sunday. That's what we're here for. And actually, you're here, we're here to talk to, to for you to not only instruct the viewers and the listeners, the podcast listeners, but also to tell me what happened. Because <laughs> I spent four days at San Diego Comic Con and I, I woke up this morning and I was very confused. I, like I told you, it felt oh, like the man. world happened for four days and I have no idea what happened. I, just, like, I texted you yesterday. I was like, I think I know Go Rocket Ride and Nest One. Is that what happened? And, you're like, yeah, yeah, we'll talk more tomorrow. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, we get to talk about those and, and uh, what happened and uh, kind of just go over what we picked up from the big races and kind of what we're looking forward or looking at moving forward. So we'll talk about the Curlin and the Haskell. We're going to talk about the CCA Oaks and the Shuby. We'll talk about the United Nations and we'll do a little Del Mar at the end. So if you're in the chat live with us, thanks for joining us. Make sure you bring your hot takes and your questions. Let's get into it, Aaron. Riders up. Aaron, the biggest race of the weekend and the biggest race of the year at Monmouth Park, the grade one Haskell Stakes, and we had eight three-year-olds going into the gate, going a mile and eighth on the dirt, a Breeders' Cup Classic win, and you're in, and I love that they put that stipulation on this, Aaron, because you have a few races all right within a week of each other that attract the three-year-olds going longer on dirt. You've got the Curlin Stakes, which we'll talk about in a second, and that's at Saratoga on Friday, and it's restricted to horses that haven't won a stakes race, so they, you know, it, it mixes it up a little bit, but... You have the Jim Dandy next week, and it's all kind of pointing for the Traverse. So with the Haskell being a Breeders' Cup winning year and also that million-dollar purse, that's kind of a nice thing to run for as well here. Uh, Go Rocket Ride came out the winner. So let's talk about him first. Uh, this is a horse that is three for four in his career. The only time he lost, it was very narrowly in the San Felipe Stakes. And uh, it seemed like all systems were going for San Anita Derby and Kentucky Derby. Those were our hopes and dreams for this horse, and it didn't quite pan out for him. But boy, Aaron, it looks like he is really set up for a nice second half of this year. Yeah, he was fantastic in this race. And he knew when Mandela was shipping outside of California, which that just doesn't happen all that often. You knew when that happened that this horse was going to be really tough to beat. And so, yeah, that's why I had the horse in second. I, I loved him. I, you know, if you watch the live show, I just could not believe this horse was floating up. 
uh, went off at 12 to one. I mean, that is insane to me. I, I just couldn't couldn't believe that people were actually betting tap at trice three times harder than they were betting go rocket ride. It was just uh, mind numbing to me to think about that. But anyway, he ran a he ran a fantastic race. I thought he was in big trouble around the turn. I thought, oh, he's going to win by two. And then when Mage made that huge move, I thought, oh, man, Mage is going to go right by him. The rocket ride just kind of re-rallied and dusted him. And that was a sign of a really, really good horse. He saw Mage and he said, no, not today. So I was super impressed uh, by the top two here. I thought they both ran uh, really good races. Uh, if only two Phils had been able to do that in the Derby, it'd be talking a different story. But this was a great effort from Mage. And I was watching the replay right before we went live. And uh, I, I, I was like, well, all of a sudden, Mage is there in the stretch. I was like, it's the Kentucky Derby all over again. I'm yeah. not really watching for him and paying attention. And then... He makes that really nice move in the turn and sustains that rally. Uh, so that's two out of the last three races we've seen from Mage that have been very strong. What do you make of him and, and kind of uh, tease us with your video later coming out later today, your top five three-year-olds. Where do you kind of see Mage in the picture right now for these three-year-olds? Nothing but respect for this little guy. I mean, he's a tough horse and he has really proven to be uh, quite, quite consistent and quite valuable. I mean, unfortunately, as far as a talent level standpoint, he's starting to look more like he's not what he was in Kentucky, which was brilliant, but he's just really, really solid and really, really good. I mean, you look at his Preakness, his Florida Derby, even here in the Haskell, whether it's visually, whether it's numbers, it's not quite as good as that race in Kentucky. I don't know where that one came from. Uh, it was unbelievable, and he fired his biggest race on the biggest day of his, his life, and I mean, his trainer and jockey and everybody deserves a ton of credit for that. But the horse is just really, really good, not special, I don't think. And that's not a knock on him. There's very few horses that are special each and every year. He is really damn good, though. And I think he any race he's going to enter, he's got a shot to win it. But I don't know that we can expect to see a quote-unquote Kentucky Derby-type effort out of him again. I think he just fired huge that day. But you, you watch the race back, and it's like, how can you knock him? I mean, he, he ran great. He, he ran his race. He just got beat by a horse that uh, ran a little bit better. Uh, the next two finishers in the race were horses that uh, going into their three-year-old campaigns, a lot of people thought had triple crown champion uh, ability. And we'll start with Arabian Knight uh, making his first start back uh, for Bob Baffer since winning the Southwest Stakes back on January 28th. So a long time for him to be off, pretty much six months and to be asked to ship across the country and go a mile and eighth on dirt like that, it asked a lot of him. He went really fast early with awesome strong, kind of pushed him. Uh, they went 22 and four, and then things really slowed down. But it seemed like Arabian Knight had, had trouble kind of relaxing a little bit on the front end. I understand Johnny V trying to slow him down and catch that breather. Didn't seem to me like it quite happened, and he was kind of empty in the stretch from having to fight. Uh, what, were your, what was your take on Arabian Knight? Really disappointed. I, I didn't think he ran all that well. Uh, I, I I get that maybe they went a little too fast early, but they did slow it down in that second fraction. When they slowed it down and he was sitting there and the only other real speed extra Anejo got a horrible break out of the gate, I thought Arabian Knight was in perfect position. And he came up flat, uh, in my opinion. Now, uh, he did run on. He did get third. But to not even be, con I mean, competitive with the top two horses, uh, I, I, I thought it was a really disappointing race from Arabian Night. Now, the good news is he should move forward second off the layoff. I think he'll run a little bit better. But in, in my opinion, this was a disappointing race from him. And I, I listen, I think next out he will be better. But 
he's going to have to be because these two horses that, that, that beat him, he never really was competitive with either one of them. Kevin B. suggesting that uh, Arabian Oil be pointed to the Pennsylvania Derby. Now, Kevin going kind of the negative route saying then he'll he'll point to the Pennsylvania Derby, miss a workout, and we'll never see him again. But that is kind of Baffert's MO with the three-year-olds is that he'll send his, his top one to the Pennsylvania Derby. Excuse me. An extra nail was getting a lot of conversation in the chat before you even brought him up. Yeah. Uh, troubled start there for him, and he was you know three, four wide in both turns. Mage kind of left him in the dust in the stretch, but he did keep going. To me, this is a horse that's always like Mage. He's not brilliant. He's very good, and is, he needs things to kind of go his way from a trip perspective. But boy, you can really trust him to to make that effort to get up there for for third, for fourth, kind of like disarmed the other uh, Asmussen horse. So. Talk to me a little bit about extra Nejo. He showed a lot, I thought, but, you know, the biggest problem was he didn't get out of the gate very well. He did not get the trip he wanted at all, not even the least little bit. So you kind of almost draw a line through it. He didn't run too poorly, really. You, you know, if you would have told me, gosh, extra Nejo is going to be seventh or eighth at the backside, I'd say, well, he's going to finish seventh or eighth because something's <laughs> wrong. He ran okay after, you know, kind of that, that horrible beginning. I, I, I'm with you. I don't really think this is like a brilliant type horse either, but I think he's better than, than fourth in this race. I, I think he showed a little bit, but you know, it is disappointing that he didn't get the trip he wanted. I think he, with a better break, better positioning, will bounce back and have a better chance wherever he starts next. Uh, could possibly go to the Traverse. We'll see what happens. There's also talk he might cut back for the jerk in seven furlongs, and that would make him pretty sharp. But if he goes Traverse, he might be a good underneath horse. Last horse we'll talk about from this race, and we can kind of move on because the crazy thing about Salute the Stars is somehow he was 9-2 to two and just ran like shit. But we'll talk about Tappet Trice. It was another Tappet Trice race, and, and other than the Bluegrass, and when he's raced against lesser competition, this is just what we see from him. Are you officially done off the Tappet Trice bandwagon? Maybe you have been already. I was I was officially off the bandwagon after the Derby, so I, I you know I, I had no interest in him in the Belmont, and I had less than zero percent interest in him in this race. He is not a good horse, and I wildly overrated him in the Derby, and that's just something I'll have to live with. But I'm not going <laughs> to keep making that mistake over and over and over. This isn't a, he isn't any good. I mean, for for this at this level, I should say he. I mean. What what did he even do in this race? You never saw him, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he, he barely even got a got a call. So he's just he's going backwards. Honestly, I I thought his Belmont was pretty bad. Honestly, I know he got third, and people were like, oh, he was he was a neck away from second. How do you call that bad in the Belmont? Yeah, but he also had a perfect setup, and he did nothing mm -hmm. with it. And he had the same thing here, and he did nothing with it. So in my opinion, you know, he's he's just a horse that I vastly overrated going into the Derby, and. uh you know, I, I wouldn't have had Mage on top, so at least I can live with myself knowing I didn't jump off Mage to, to, to get on tap at Trice. But he, he's he's not good enough at this level right now, and that that's that's the bottom line. And and we said before, if there's a pace meltdown, maybe he can get up and, and there he didn't do shit in this race, right? So I'm mm -hmm. I mean, if you're not done with him already, it's time to be. <laughs> uh, Mike Lawson says Linda Rice should claim Tappet Trice if they okay, switch no. trainers and send him to Linda Rice there's your single him in the Travers that's all he got <laughs> that's what you have to do there uh, speaking of the Travers Mage it seems like is the only horse out of this race that for sure is going to head that way go rocket ride Mandela said is pretty much absolutely not going to go to the Travers this is his first race since June 4th and they kind of pushed him to even be ready for this and like you said before Aaron he doesn't really ship across the country much at all so 
They probably hold on to go rocket ride, maybe target uh, the Pacific Classic as a possibility at Del Mar. I think the awesome, awesome against stakes, not awesome strong, awesome against stakes uh, at Santa Anita. That's a Breeders' Cup winning year in versus older horses. And again, at a mile and an eighth uh, might be where he goes. Do you have any inkling? I know it's Mandela. It's hard to predict. I would be a hundred percent shocked if the horse leaves California. Uh, I, I think go rocket ride goes Pacific classic and then we'll kind of see. And then of course, breeders cup classic, but uh, he, he's just not going to ship out if he doesn't need to. And I think he sees, Hey, I've got a good horse. We can go win the Pacific classic. That means a lot to Mandela. I think no doubt that's where he's going. And with that kind of thing with, with him going out there, and, 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 you know, the Fortes and the Mages and all these other ones are going to be on the East Coast for, for Travers, most likely. Jim Dandy coming up this weekend. This three-year-old crop, I think the three-year-old of the year is going to be determined at the Breeders' Cup for sure this year. It usually is. But I think this year now with Go Rocket Ride, I, I just don't think he's going to see, uh, uh, you know, these three-year-olds again until that Classic. So I think the Classic's going to determine three-year-old of the year for sure. Well, one horse that uh, raced at Saratoga this weekend that we've heard is going to point to the Traverse. That's Scotland, your winner of the Curlin Stakes Friday, July 21st. Uh, small field, and again, these are horses that haven't won a stakes at a mile or over in 2023, which is how Blazing Sevens snuck in. Uh, Mike Stomach did the preview for it. He was looking to beat Blazing Sevens. At, wait, or was it you? I already forgot. It's been a long week. Uh, it was Stomach. Yeah, it was. It was. That's what I thought. Okay. That, that was uh, a, a very good thought, uh, no matter who it was. Yes. <laughs> try to beat Blazing Sevens. That was the right move. Hopefully, landed on Scotland. Goes gate to wire for Bill Mott, Jr. Alvarado. So good to see you there. A son of good magic. So I uh, personally, I was very happy with that one. It's, we don't have the Travers field, obviously, we're, and we still need to see Forte and the rest of the Jim Dandy field run next week. But Scotland to the Travers after this win, do you think that's a good move for him? No. I, I mean, I, it, well, look, I mean, if you're the owners, yeah, absolutely. He'd be going to the Travers if I had him. But if a good move as far as let's try to pick up a win, no, I, I don't. I don't think he's going to be able. I don't know. Man, I'm. We don't know who's going to be in it by the time. I don't want to be on air a month before the race saying he has no shot. And then it gets here and it's like, well, maybe it sets up and he could get third or something. But as of this point, I don't think he's as talented as four or five or six of the other three-year-olds that are pointing for there right now. Yeah, and that includes a, uh, Bob Baffert has National Treasure and Reincarnate both under strong consideration for that one. So. Uh, we could see that happen. Not much else to talk about this other than uh, if you bet Blazing Sevens in this race, you, you've you got to be regretting your life decisions on that one. Not a, not a good effort from that one, but not yeah. not the strongest field either. Uh, we'll tra transition now. I'll stay with the three-year-olds. Let's go to the Phillies. Uh, your girl, Web Paint, finally back in the winner's circle, Aaron. It's, uh, she went to Oakland Park East, a.k.a. Saratoga, and that's what did the trick for her. Um, a hell of an effort to get up there to get Sacred Wish because only a five-horse field again. And wet paint's coming from last. She didn't have a pace meltdown. Sacred Wish fought her heart out, and wet paint still got there. Yeah, Sacred Wish kind of does what Sacred Wish does. Run really well, but <laughs> couldn't quite finish the job, and it does it in a big grade one. So so that's uh, nice for her to get that grade one uh, second-place finish. But, yeah, look, this, this was not a great field. Um, and wet paint did fire again after two races where I don't think she fired uh, quite quite her best but uh look I, I thought she ran well this is a nice little stepping stone uh to kind of well it's not a stepping stone it's a grade one win I, that's the wrong thing to say <laughs> but it's a nice kind of uh projection to kind of get her back in the mix we're now like look we're gonna have to be pretty mischievous before we're back to like trying to be number one in this division and i don't know if she'll do that or not but this was a big time 
you know, turn around, get her back in it. She's clearly the second best horse now in the, in the division again. And then we'll see if she ever matches up with pretty mischievous or not. But yeah, this was, this was a nice win. Uh, yeah. And Kevin O says Alabama's going to be next and, and she sh- should fit very well in that race. So uh, it makes sense. And maybe she's kind of got it going again. Uh, gambling girl ended up actually being the favorite here. Uh, this was her first race since narrowly losing the Kentucky Oaks to, she made a really nice effort to almost get pretty mischievous there. Uh, but it, it kind of disappoints as the favorite that she was eight and a half lengths behind the top two. Any excuse for her here? Just not a good effort. Maybe the, like mage, maybe that was her most brilliant performance and this is more what she is. Could be. That could be the, the latter part of what you said. I, I didn't see an excuse at all. Uh, I mean, it was a paceless race, but wet paint was back there and did just fine, right? So, like, let's let's say they're wet paint and gambling girl are eight behind Sacred Wish. Well, you go, well, it's a paceless race, no chance. Well, you can't really say that when the horse uh, wet paint rallies to win. So, I don't know, gambling girl didn't fire any kind of effort. I mean, that's, that's about all you could say. Uh, and then as far as uh, South Lawn, I... I didn't think the stumble really messed with her that badly. Um, it, was it was it flow? Was she just maybe she's just a cut below as well? How do you read Southlawn? Yeah, you know, Kevin, I I thought that Southlawn would come back and run well and kind of show us, hey, she's pretty good. Uh, but it, it could have just been a situation. Sometimes in horse racing, you see this where a horse is, just runs a perfect race uh, talking about South lawn beating pretty mischievous early in the year. Um, just ran a perfect race that day and got the job done. But you know, overall she's not that kind. And that's kind of what she's looked like the last two races. You know, she just hasn't run very well. I kept waiting, you know, waiting and waiting uh, to see this horse back, but just, it just didn't run very well in this spot. Well, uh, what paint going to try to become uh just like a, a horse did last year, win the CCA Oaks and then go win the Alabama. And last year's horse to do that, Nest made her triumphant return as a four-year-old in the grade two Shuvie Stakes on Sunday. Only four horses and she was matched up against Clarier. Uh, but we didn't really see the showdown because Nest was, had her measured every step of the way. She looks so good. She did not look like she hasn't run since the Breeders' Cup in November, Aaron. Todd Pletcher really had Nest ready here. You know, all, all the people that, that, that oh, Arabian night, he wasn't ready. What could six months, this and that, and <laughs> worse, it does. That's the thing. And that's why I was so disappointed. Sure. If, if Husker Butch hasn't run in six months, yeah, you may need one. And that's just <laughs> one example, right? When you're at the elite level, you should, and you have an elite trainer off layoffs as well. You should come back and run better than Arabian Night did. And so the very next day, we had the proof of that. Ness comes back. It's a long layoff. She's facing a champion. Uh, she's facing the leader in the division, and she beat the hell out of her. Why? Because she has a lot of class. She has a lot of talent. Her trainer got her ready, and she went out there and did the job. I thought this was fantastic. You know, uh, I, I was out to uh, out to lunch with, with Heather, and we were watching this race on the phone, and I, I probably wagered way too much on Ness than I should have, but I was just really <laughs> confident. I I thought she was a, a, a lock in this race and, you know, it, it never really a dull or a, a, a worrisome moment. She just kind of dominated this one. So, yeah, look, uh, the good horses can come back off layoffs and run these kind of races. And, and Ness proved she's she's really, really. Listen, I have no idea how Ness lost the Breeders' Cup last year. She ran one of the worst races of her career last year in the Breeders' Cup. And that was the most disappointing race for me of the whole Breeders' Cup. There were a lot of favorites that got beat, but or a lot of not maybe not favorites, but just horses that you thought were locks that got beat. 
I can't believe she lost to those horses. I think she's way the best uh, filly in the country, and I'm glad she's back. Uh, it was, I mean, one of the most impressive parts for me was when she, about halfway through the turn between the 5 sixteenths and quarter pole, Irad just kind of stepped on the gas. It, and I think it maybe it took Claire and Rosario a little bit by surprise when he hit the gas, but she took off and that was, there was nobody was catching her at that point. She held firm and held steady. And Claire Era is solid effort here, but Ness was just much the best in this spot. If you didn't see on Twitter, uh, Saratoga Slim, the retired Saratoga Slim, uh, returned to Saratoga with his family on Sunday to see Ness uh, hopefully win. He'd made up a big sign like he was going to a wrestling match. I was very impressed with his uh, his sign work. Um, he had his. It was his nephew, right, that he had holding the sign, and the Naira track people saw it, and so he was on TV and he was on YouTube and on Twitter with, <laughs> with his nephew holding the sign. Well, the connections saw it, and when she won, they brought him and the sign, the nephew and the sign, into the winner's circle and put him front and center right next to the connections. Uh, he got pictures with the Rapolis. He got pictures with Pletcher. Irad and Pletcher signed the poster. Uh, if you're that little boy, if you're that nephew of Saratoga Slims, I mean, how do you have a better day than that? That had to be so fun for him. That was so cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw the sign uh, before Saratoga Slim went to the track. He showed me the sign uh, that he made. And then, yeah, so they, they really catered to him. Like I said, the, the, they got autographs from Irad and from Todd on the sign. Uh, so that that's a good story in racing, right? A lot of times uh, we, we in racing, we focus on a lot of the bad. That's that's there are some good still in racing, man. That's a really cool story. And like I said, a lot of pictures and stuff that kid will never forget it. And, you know, well, there you go. There's <laughs> if you're watching the video now there, there's his nephew there. Uh, Nest is the best cool sign. So, yeah, really good story. That was uh, yeah, I got the picture up there. That was pretty awesome to see. And uh, uh, there's other pictures, like I said, with with the connections off on the end. Um, so we're kind of looking forward to the disc staff. We, we obviously wet paint. That's where they'll end aim for her for the end of the year. Uh, Nest is you said it already, so I don't even need to ask you. Nest is the division leader for you right now for just the the female dirt. Is Clarier number two? Because I think she was number one for you before. Well, actually, Clarier, I kept her at number one. So let me explain why. Now, do, do, now again, there's two different things. There's who do you think will beat who in the Breeders' Cup, and then there's who is number one in the division right now. And to me. I don't know how Clarier still can't be number one. Couple of reasons: she's won two Grade Ones. She's 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 run in four or five races. Where Ness, we've seen her once. It was a Grade Two win. Yes, Ness beat her head to head. However, this had everything set up for Ness to win. Clarier is not going to win a four horse race with Nest in it. It's just not going to happen. This is not a fair race for Clarier hmm. at all. So I, I I I said on the on the rankings this week. Clarier still number one because of all the reasons I just laid out. Let's see Nest and Clarier in an eight-horse race, let's say, where the pace is normal, and then see what happens. I think Nest will eventually beat her again, but I think Nest still has to prove she can beat Clarier in a, in a normal field, normal setup. Clarier had no chance in this race. Uh, the next race, hopefully, like I said, normal field, she has a shot. 
Well, there was one more uh, big grade one race we can talk about from the weekend. That's the grade one United Nations stakes right before the Haskell Monmouth Park on Saturday, July 22nd. And for me, I'm glad I didn't bet this one because I was a huge fan of catnip coming into this race undefeated throughout the year, including winning the Monmouth stakes last out a grade three race that preps locally for the United Nations. He was a six to five favorite. No surprise there. Had a good trip. And Therapist just blew right on past him, the Mike Maker trainee. It seems like Mike Maker has won this race, I think, every single year that I've been following horse racing almost. Uh, so Therapist gets the job done there at 12-1. to 1. You had back-to-back 12-1 winners at Monmouth Park. So if you're able to cash in on that, I know Mark Elliott, a, a friend of the show, uh, was able to nail that one pretty strong. So congrats to you. What did you make of this race, Aaron? Uh, I was really surprised by it, honestly. I, I thought Catnip was in a really good spot and just didn't didn't quite finish. Red Knight, I didn't think fired a very, very good race at all. And and uh, Therapist, you know, was just closing the best and got it done. I, I really thought Catnip was going to win turning for home. And boy, they just couldn't quite have the punch uh, to finish the job. So uh, this was a real heartbreaker for me because I had Catnip and Red Knight with uh, Go Rocket Ride in the next race for a nice double and it didn't come in, obviously. So oh, no. uh, that that was a hurt, uh, hurtful one. But uh, look, Therapist ran a huge race, and these Mike Maker horses going along on the turf. I mean, what are you going to do? Chris Milo making the joke in the chat for me that I got yelled at for the last time we were live and talked about Therapist. So I'll take that uh away but uh gary love in the chat says love your guys show i personally had a great day 30 dollars straight going 1487 uh holy cow you were buying over the weekend gary that's awesome congratulations great to, gary, hear. Congratulations Glad to hear that for not screwing up the order like i did because i i had those four horses but not in that order so congratulations for ordering them correctly <laughs> <laughs> uh and it's just kind of hard to ask about the Breeders' Cup turf because it's usually just a case of what Euro is going to come over and win this one. So uh, I won't ask that from you. We'll leave this one. Uh, real quick, Del Mar had the opening weekend, and they don't they didn't put on a huge showcase. You had to go up against the Haskell and, and the Saratoga action. So they kind of ease into it, a little bit of a soft opening at Del Mar. But from what you did see, did you have any takeaways from Del Mar other than, God, it's beautiful, and I can't wait to go back for, for the Breeders' Cup in 2024? All of that. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I, I love having it back. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I had some heartbreaking pick five losses, but I had I had a few pick threes that were really good. Uh, so that, so that kind of made up for it. But yeah, it was great to have it back. Uh, ton of fun. I mean, man, every every race at Del Mar is just cool. Yeah, DeJour actually kicked off a nice pick three for me earlier or yesterday uh, in the later part of the card, I should say. So yeah, a ton. It was it was awesome. I, I love that. I just love watching the races from that place. That's one of the few tracks where I can watch it. And I don't I I mean, I do bet it, but I don't really have to. It's just kind of fun. The scenery. And like I said, it's just gorgeous. So I was happy to have it back. The payouts were amazing. You know, the late pick five yesterday went four out of five. And really all all five horses uh, that won the races were logical. I paid 13 grand. <laughs> it was so it was, like I said, I went four out of five. It was, it's like I missed. I did miss the the one race that knocked me out. But you look back, it's like, well, that was a gettable horse. It wasn't some crazy horse and pays thirteen grand. So pretty crazy. 
Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Aaron and I to talk about uh, everything that happened. And thanks again to Aaron for jumping in uh, kind of last minute and uh, Mike's traveling back. Speaking of Mike and Del Mar, he's going to be there this coming weekend. So you can catch him uh, if you're going to be at the track. There's some sort of a tournament that he's going there for. I don't know. I, it, there's a tournament all the time that he's traveling for, Aaron. It's impossible to keep up with him. But if you're going to be there, let him know. Uh, that you're going to be showing off at Del Mar, and, and you guys can catch some $12 margaritas and all the fun that happens at uh, <laughs> Del Mar uh, to go with it. Over at RacingDudes.com, this is will be updated very shortly. Uh, Breeders' Cup Classic rankings, we got a new video will be coming out uh, from the guys. We also have the top picks for, uh, I'm sorry, the top five three-year-old video, a top five older horses video. And uh, again, you can hear Aaron explain why he still has clear air above Nest in that spot. But go to the comments section and, and leave him all your angry comments there. He loves he loves to not read those. So go check those out there. Uh, we'll also have the uh, a new Racing Dudes Rockets Hits and Heartbreaks episode coming out and uh, lots more fun there. So uh, short, shorter episode, but that's okay. We will be back on Thursday. Mike and I to cover, I'm sure, Saratoga's late pick five on Saturday this coming weekend. So we've got that showing up. The Jim Dandy with Forte. And uh, let's see, what else? We've got the Vanderbilt this weekend. Bing Crosby, a win in your end for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. As well as the San Diego Handicap, which is the local prep for older horses for the Pacific Classic. So lots to look forward to this weekend, Aaron. We're in the swing of things. Things are going awesome. It, it, it's great. It's, it's a good time to be a horse racing fan. Absolutely, absolutely. A couple, couple of little things in the chat while you were talking, talking about a DQ that happened yesterday at at Del Mar. Uh, I agree. I benefited greatly from the from the takedown, but that was not a good takedown. I don't think at all. Uh, and also, uh, I saw Jason ask, Jason Hommel ask, yeah, I, I, I'm leaving for Saratoga on Wednesday. Um, I will be there Friday and Saturday of this weekend. And also Friday and Saturday of next weekend. So uh, Jim Dandy Day, Whitney Day, I will definitely be there for both of those and, and the day before. So, hey, there you go, Michael. I'll finally get to meet Michael. He's going to be at Saratoga for the Whitney, so will I. So going to be a lot of fun uh, these next couple of weekends up at the spa. Well, there you go. Make sure you hit up everybody. Uh, you can let Aaron know. Well, you can you can tweet at racing underscore dudes. Aaron doesn't have Twitter on his phone anymore. So one, either Jared or I will let Aaron know what's happening with that. But he's a pretty easy guy to find. Just look for the paddock bar of Saratoga. Uh, we'll have lots of previews coming to you this week for the Bing Crosby San Diego Vanderbilt. Uh, hey, it's Jason's birthday on Saturday. Awesome. Love it. Remember to wish you a happy birthday there. And yes, Christopher, I will be there for the Travers as well. But I, we're 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 doing one week at a time here. So no, yes, I will be there for the Travers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mammoth Oaks this weekend. Eddie Reed and Bowling Green as well. Lots of fun coming to you. Make sure you go to RacingDudes.com, YouTube.com/slash RacingDudes. Subscribe and click the notification bell so you never miss one of our awesome live shows. Hats off to the uh, Nick Sievers, by the way. Dudes after dark. He was uh, he had a, a constant rotation of guests that were coming in because. The schedule didn't work out for the other two guys that were supposed to join him to be there the whole time. But he did a great job holding down the fort. Special thanks to Shadi and Davey. Uh, I know they jumped on and helped him out. Dr. Tang was there as well. Uh, and a couple other folks. I saw Josh uh, Cherry drank on Twitter. I saw he was there as well. So thank you, everybody who watched. Thank you, for everybody who continues to watch us. We'll be back Thursday for the Magic Mike Show for Blinkers Off, for Dudes Who Bet Sports, and, of course, every Thursday through Sunday now. We dropped Wednesday, but Thursday through Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, for Dudes Who Bet Daily. Until then, I'm Magic. He's Aaron. We'll see you all next time. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts.
experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.